0: Welcome to the first ever podcast edition of Search News You Can Use by me, Marie Haynes. Thank you for choosing to listen to this. This is a brand new thing that we're doing now in offering a podcast version of my newsletter in which I update people on the latest news in search, mostly about SEO. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is a number of things that you can find at my newsletter at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. We'll talk about the latest Google algorithm updates, any Google announcements that they've made, latest tests that the SEO community has done, and much, much more. So first, let's talk about the latest algorithm update. And that was confirmed by Google April 16th, 2018. Google tweeted, on Monday, we released a broad core algorithm update, as we do routinely throughout the year. And then they said, for background and advice, see this tweet from last month. And the tweet from last month is where they talk about the fact that Google uh, occasionally releases broad core algorithm updates that have a larger significance than the simple ones that they do on a regular basis every day. Um, Google, we know that they release sometimes three, four, even more small updates each day, but this one that happened on April 16th was a relatively big one. Now, it's a little bit early still to say exactly what sites were affected by this update. What I'm seeing is that a lot of sites that were affected by the March 9th update, which was a really, really big update, saw changes again on April 16th. And I think that a lot of these sites had changes rolled back. So let's talk a little bit about the March 9th update. Nathan Johns from Google confirmed that that actually started rolling out on March 7th. I wrote a big post about it and called it the March 9th update because that's the day in which I saw a lot of sites see changes. Glenn Gabe, who does a lot of this work as well, he started seeing some changes on March 8th, and Google says that it rolled out March 7th, so perhaps we should call it the March 7th to 9th update. Uh, I believe Glenn uh, called it the brackets update, but either way, March 9th was so far, I would say, the biggest update of the year. John Mueller from Google has, and you'll you'll hear me mention him a lot in this podcast, that John Mueller from Google... Uh, He does Hangouts. I'm sure most of you listening to this know this, but he does a lot of Google Hangouts where you can ask him as a Google employee questions about your website. And uh, hats off to John because he handles these questions on the fly really, really well. And uh, we, my team and I have been taking notes on his Hangouts. Well, I've been taking notes since 2012 and now my team joins me in taking notes. And so we have a lot of things that we've learned from John over the years. And he, He confirmed that the March 9th update was more about relevance than quality. Now those two things tie in together, but let me tell you about what I've been seeing in sites that were hit by the March 9th update. So many of you who are listening to this will know that my team and I, what we do is primarily look at websites that had been hit by algorithm updates. So if you were ranking well and then something happened with Google and all of a sudden you're not in top rankings anymore then we do a relatively good job at figuring out why that happened and what you can do to fix things around. Uh, and often now the changes are significant that a website has to make. And one thing we noticed about the March 9th update. So the first thing is I had more emails about this update than I think any other update in the past. Um, And a lot of these emails were from fairly large brands. And I don't know if that's just because I wrote an article about uh, the update or because maybe I'm getting a bit more name recognition now. But my point is that this update was a really, really big one. Um, And so the sites that we saw getting hit are sites that used to rank, well, I can't say every site is this, but a couple of the sites that we've reviewed were sites that used to rank well on content that wasn't their own content. It was content maybe taken from Reddit or from other well-known sources and then reworded. Perhaps they added a few tweets or perhaps they just changed the words a little bit, but they really didn't add anything new to the story. And I believe that in the past, because these sites were recognizable brands, they could perform well with content like this. And Google just, on March 9th, seemed to get better at recognizing that, hey, people don't really want to go to this reworded, rehashed version of a post. They would rather read it originally on Reddit. Uh, and uh, it would be interesting. I should take a look at Reddit search traffic and see if, uh, if that's changed uh, dramatically. And it's not just Reddit. Uh, my point is that um, sites that tended to take other people's content and repurpose it as their own seemed to see a drop on March 9th. Or March 7th or 8th uh, of 2018 another site that we saw that dropped was a job portal site and all of the jobs that were available on their site were also available on big players like indeed that many people recognize and this site you know they did some good things they added a couple of extra things so that their content was unique Uh, if you looked at it in terms of the exact words It wasn't completely a duplicate of the previous content uh, that was out there on Indeed or other big job sites, but essentially it was the same thing. So I believe that in the past search engines would say, oh, this is unique. We haven't seen these words before. And so we'll rank it. And now the algorithm has gotten better at determining that, uh, yeah, you know what? This is the exact same stuff that we could find on Indeed. So probably we don't need to rank it that well. So if you were hit on March 7th or 9th, then this is something that is going to be difficult to recover from. You really probably need to change your whole business model. And it's something that I'm hoping in the long run, sites that are hit will see a lot of advantage because they'll have had to have changed their model so that they add significant value to people so that if Google was going to show the originating post and your post in the search results, people would say, oh yeah, I want to see both of these. Um, And if you find that what you're writing is essentially the same, maybe it's aggregated content from other sources, then that's a dangerous business practice now. So what we're seeing with the April 16th update is a lot of sites that saw increases or decreases on March 9th seem to have those uh, rolled back, either partially or fully, on April 16th. So I think Google is still tweaking this algorithm, and I would expect that we'll see uh, significantly more movement in the months to come. Uh, I'm really happy, though, to see that Danny Sullivan, uh, who now works for Google, used to work for Search Engine Land, uh, is, uh, he has a Twitter account called Google search liaison. And if you're not following him, I would recommend that you do. Uh, he's actually giving us updates and saying, yes, we did an update last week, or here's something that people have been complaining about in the Google search results. And we want to clear things up. And so this is really, really good communication from Google. And thank you, Danny, for doing that. We really, really appreciate it. So the next thing in the newsletter that we'll talk about is uh, Google put a post out talking about autocomplete I usually call these Google suggest Uh, so you know if you start typing in something uh, it's always fun to type in your own name and see or type in does uh, Marie Haynes type in your your name and then see are there any auto suggestions for your name and sometimes it's funny Although I do think that Google's gotten better and Google says, no, we don't want you to call them suggestions. We want to call these predictions. So what they're trying to do is make it so that people have to type less, especially on mobile. And Google has a really big push towards helping people with mobile sites or helping people do mobile searches uh, make their time go faster. And so what they're saying is uh, autocomplete on mobile apparently reduces typing by about 25%. There's really not a whole lot of new news in this blog post by Google. Basically what they're telling us is that if you see uh, a prediction there that uh, seems hateful or vengeful or just completely inaccurate, they're encouraging us to hit the feedback button. So that's something that uh, you can pay attention to. For those of you who are using job listing schema, which is a fairly new thing, so for the people who are uh, just new to SEO, schema is a type of code that you can add to your website that uh, basically just helps search engines understand it better. It doesn't necessarily help improve rankings, but what it does is it can get you things in the search results. For example, if you add review schema, if you have products where people have reviewed them, then you can get stars in the search results that say, you know, four out of five stars for this review so uh, just recently a few months ago Google introduced job schema so if you have job listings on your website you can put this schema in and then when people are searching for jobs in your area they can appear at the top of the search results and uh, Google has just said now that if you put schema for jobs on your site and then you continue to keep it on job listings that have expired that you can get a manual action for that now I haven't seen any of these manual actions yet. Most likely, this is just going to cause the job listing to not appear or cause all of your job listings to not appear. I don't think that it'll affect your organic search traffic for, um, you know, in any way. It's just going to stop the the listings, basically make it so that there's no schema uh, seen by Google on these uh, listings. Good news, Chrome 66, which is the most recent version, is going to mute autoplay video by default, which is fantastic news. I know nobody enjoys being scared by video that suddenly starts playing. Uh, So way to go Chrome, that's awesome. I wrote in the newsletter about the fact that Google is now starting to allow some treatment center ads again. a year and this is more PPC news probably but I know when I mean, we do have some clients in this space and I do think that it affects people in organic search as well if uh, in the past uh, for about the past year or so if you tried to buy AdWords Uh, to advertise a treatment center, a rehab center, something like that, you would not be allowed to do it. And so now Google, what they're doing is they're using a third party, a company called LegitScript. And LegitScript is supposed to vet out these treatment center ads to make sure that they're a legitimate place. And so um, this is going to mean that some treatment centers, some uh, potentially some aggregators of treatment centers may start to see ads uh, placed again. And um, we'll see. I, it's hard to say uh, how difficult it's going to be to get approved by legit script. So that's something, if you're in that space, that you should really pay attention to. I found this next part really interesting. Jennifer Slagg from the SEM Post Notice that in some searches now Google is giving a carousel So that's at the top of the search results where you see different individual boxes with suggested results Uh, She said she searched for dog food brands and the carousel said here are the dog food brands that are mentioned on Wikipedia So why is that important? And I think that that's important because of Google's quality raters guidelines so these guidelines, I talk about them all the time. Uh, I have a book about them. If you go to mariehaines.com slash book, uh, you can get this book on the Quality Raiders Guidelines. Uh, it's free to members of my paid newsletter. Um, and so it's something that I believe that almost every algorithm update that Google has done, a significant algorithm update since early 2017, has been about something that is Directly talked about in the quality raters guidelines. So, the guidelines, if you search those guidelines for Wikipedia, it's all over the guidelines. Now, Google, in my opinion, would never rely on just one website for their rankings because who knows? I mean, Wikipedia could shut down. They could shut off Google access for some reason. I mean, things could happen. With that said, though, I believe that Google looks at any authoritative website, any website that's recognized as a trustworthy source and if your business is mentioned in there, then that's a really good thing. So that speaks to your EAT, which is expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. And so if you can get mentions in Wikipedia, that's a really good thing. Now, it's not easy to do that. In some verticals, you can actually go in and edit Wikipedia articles to add a link to your own article, or I mean, your own website. However, Wikipedia has a great... Uh, community of people who are very, very against spamming. And so you'll find that if you've never made edits before, uh, and all of a sudden you add a link to your website, there's a good chance that's going to get removed. Um, we are trying to do some work in figuring out the best way to actually get a Wikipedia page for businesses. And it looks like it's quite difficult. You have to actually be a legitimate business that has won awards and that is recognized and is known as authoritative. And doesn't that sound like EAT, right? So, I would really, really pay attention to Wikipedia. I think it's interesting that Google's showing in the carousel now which businesses, which products, which whatever are mentioned in Wikipedia. And so if you have any chance to get in there, I would jump at that. Those of you who have recipe sites, Google has uh, published some information on new schema that you can use if you want to get your images for recipes indexed in Google Images. So that's, that's something that I write about in the newsletter as well. Let's talk about local SEO news. So Google has put out a new guideline for uh, Google My Business listings. Uh, There's not a whole lot new in there, but um, it's still something that uh, I've linked to in the newsletter. There are also new guidelines for adding events on maps. So events is something where you can use some schema uh, to say, all right, we have this big thing that's coming up in our business. And then often that will appear in your knowledge graph listing. Your knowledge graph is that box that usually appears on the right-hand side of the search results on desktop or immediately front and center on mobile. Uh, when people were searching for your business. So what's happening is a lot of people are misusing event schema. So they're saying something like, uh, we have 50% off everything right now. And uh, that's a big event. It's debatable, right? I mean, that could be a big event. But really, it's not meant to be used to advertise coupons and sales and things like that. So Uh, something to pay attention to. Although I think most small businesses are not really taking advantage of event schema. So that is something that uh, if you are a small business and you do run events in your community, it's worthwhile to uh, include event schema on your website. Just be sure that you do it properly. There was an issue with data missing from Google My Business. Uh, if you use the tracking data that tells you how many people visited your page, Friday, April thirteenth, the data was missing. But it looks like they've fixed that now, so that's that's completely uh, nothing to worry about. Let's talk a bit about Google My Business descriptions. So in the past, when Google first came out with local listings, you could write. It wasn't called Google My Business. Gosh, it had so many different names. It was places and it, oh it was you know and people got confused between Google Plus and your local listing and anyways now we call it Google My Business listings and so if you have a local presence at all you need to have a Google My Business listing there is a description that you can add of your business and when you first were able to add these descriptions a few years ago people would spam them like crazy you'd load them up with your keywords and those keywords would actually help with local rankings So Google took them away because they knew they were getting spammed. They've brought them back now and we don't believe that they have any bearing in rankings. However, you still need to pay attention to them because what's happening is... They're being used in your knowledge graph. And so, this is an opportunity for people when they search for your business to uh, see what you want to say about it. And um, there's, you know, everybody should be using these. They were being shown very prominently in the knowledge graph. And then uh, some people noticed that they were being hidden behind an About tab. Uh, And so, we're seeing that sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not there. Uh, But still, if you have a local business, you need to add a description so that uh, you can tell people all the amazing things about your business that you can fit into that spot. There was a little bug in Google's system in terms of sending emails about reviews. So if you got an email last week saying, yay, you got a new review, click here to read it, and then that would end up on a 500 error page. Um, That, I think, has probably been fixed, but if you were wondering what happened there, it's not a problem on your side, it's a problem on Google's side, so don't worry about it. I did talk in the newsletter about some SEO tools. There's a neat tool uh, that uh, Perna Vigi talked about where um, Microsoft... Uh, has made it very easy for us to create chatbots and I know when I brought this up in the YouTube video that I did on this newsletter there was some chat talking about do we really want chatbots you know a lot of chatbots are very poor experiences Uh, if you don't know what a chatbot is it usually appears in the bottom right corner or somewhere on your screen and it's made to look like it's a human being trying to offer you customer support and often they're very bad Uh, I have seen it done well, though. And Perna really believes that this is one of the ways of the future. And so um, you can use this tool that I've written about in the newsletter to essentially um, take your frequently asked questions. And whenever somebody types that into the chat bot, something that could be answered by a frequently asked question, then the chatbot answers it for them. So that's kind of neat and uh, apparently you can use this tool to make one without any programming knowledge, which is pretty cool. The newsletter does talk about some recommended reading, uh, I've highlighted some really good articles that um, uh, have been written in the SEO community over uh, the last couple of weeks. And uh, in the paid version of the newsletter, we also have a summary of each of these articles to save you time from from reading them all. Uh, we also have some recommended reading in terms of local SEO. There's a really neat uh, article that was on CNBC about uh, Google Maps spam fighters, and that uh, I really enjoyed that article. I'll talk a little bit about the paid version of my newsletter. What I do is uh, all of that stuff that we just talked about in this podcast is on the free version. And so if you are not subscribed and you want to get an email weekly, used to be every two weeks, and we're just starting to go weekly now with all of the things that you need to know about Google, then you can go to mariehaines.com slash newsletter and sign up completely for free. Uh, I'm not going to try to sell you stuff. I'm just going to give you all the Google news that you need. But there are some other things that we talk about in the paid version. So the paid version uh, at this point is $18 a month. And uh, it really, really is good value. So some of the things that we're talking about are... um, Canonical tags versus no indexing when you have duplicate pages, which one should you use? Uh, There's a little bit of talk about the GDPR. Uh, This is, uh, gosh, and I feel like I'm not an expert in this. Uh, And so uh, you'll see in the newsletter that uh, I've linked to a few sources that talk about this. This is about data protection in the European Union it's something that is important for people outside of Europe as well. If you have any customers that visit your website from Europe. So we need to pay attention to that. Um, an interesting question about whether, uh, when you submit pages to the index, does it matter whether you submit your mobile page or your desktop page? And so we, uh, we talk about that as well. Um, there's a lot more. That's just probably 10% of the stuff that's in the, uh, uh, in the paid version. So that's it for our first episode of this podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. If you want to contact me, if you want to have my team review your website, you can reach me at mariehaines.com slash contact, and, uh, we'll see if we can help you out. And so that's it for now. I hope to be doing this on a weekly basis. I would love for you to subscribe to this podcast and would love to hear your feedback as well. So thanks. I hope that your rankings continue to increase and wish you the best this week.